Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Ireland's Aviation Podcast. Back in 1957, planning was underway for an airport at Cork. After considering many sites in the area, it was agreed that the airport should be built at Ballygarvan built for an estimated cost of £1 million. The airport was officially opened on the 16th of October 1961, following proving flights earlier by Aer Lingus and Cambrian Airways. In its first year, the airport handled 10,172 passengers, close to the average number of passengers handled each day at the airport by 2007. To mark the 60th birthday... I met up at the terminal with Kevin Cullinan, Interim Group Head of Communications with the DAA, and started our chat by wishing the airport a happy birthday. It's been a long time coming, but uh, they say, you know, 60 years are growing and um, a lot has happened in those six decades. It seems like only last year we were doing our our 50th celebrations and we brought out a superb coffee table book at the time. Um, written by the two Jish Gold brothers here in Cork, phenomenal social uh, historians. And, you know, had times been different and we hadn't had a global pandemic, we might have looked to have added a couple of new chapters to the story for this year. But instead, we're giving the, the state and the south of Ireland a, a brand new runway. I suppose that's the obvious thing we should really talk about first is the fact that you and I are sitting here looking down actually over the, uh, uh, the terminal and uh, there are no aircraft because the runway's closed down. Yeah, it's, it's been a very surreal couple of years, really. You know, we've gone through the whole manifestations of COVID and the peaks and troughs of that and what it's done to aviation and mm. decimated it globally. And we've obviously suffered here in Cork as well. And then we've had this phenomenal since, what, the 19th of July, where we were ramping up our business. And no sooner had we ramped it up, we were having to ramp it back down because, you know, we have a strategic asset out there that has to be um, maintained and rehabilitated from time to time. And we have a runway that was at its end of life, uh, which wasn't due to be um, rebuilt until the latter end of next year, 2022, and into the start of 2023. So we made the decision uh, at the end of last summer to bring forward that that programme of works uh, try and get the funding for it in place. We got that in record time and then um, saw government support for the project, which came through just before Christmas. So from the time we got the funding in place to the time when the runway will reopen on the 22nd of November, we'll have completed one of the fastest construction projects in the state uh, in a 12-month window. Um, obviously, a lot of commentary as to why we've done it. 
this way and closed the airport for 10 weeks. But the alternative was to endure the pain over 10 months where we'd have to obviously have normal operations up till maybe 10 o'clock at night, close the airport. Um, a lot of our based aircraft wouldn't be able to get in on the, the late night flights and ha- would have to divert elsewhere. Do work through the night until four in the morning, then do a complete safety and security sweep of the, the runway and start that all over and be ready for first operations at 6 a.m. and then do that all over every day, every night for 10 months. So pandemics don't come along too often, thankfully. Um, but this was an opportunity to bring forward and, and do the job differently and, and I was out on the runway yesterday and I saw, uh, by layman's count, over 200 vehicles out there. Uh, and given the intricacy of the work, you wonder how, how you could do it by night. It would be, it is obviously safer from a, from an aeronautical and from, from a construction point of view to do it in the daylight we have at the moment. And touch wood, the weather has been kind to us as well. Let's look at, if you like, some of the numbers, because it is actually quite interesting to see out uh, at the runway at the moment. There are so many vehicles um, and all of that work is done. The, the project management behind it must be fantastic. Well, we were able to do a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of the design last summer um, while we were going through the preparation for quite a, a rigorous and robust EU procurement process. Um, so it's a design-build contract. Um, Colas International uh, were the successful uh, bidders to do the works uh, and obviously both themselves and their various subcontractors have, have been here now uh, for four weeks and will be here up until um, we reopen on, on Monday the 22nd mm-hmm. of November um, and you know it's a runway that's you know 2,133 metres long um, and with you know it's had one extension in, in its lifetime um, and this wasn't just a, a case of just resurfacing what was there. We've had to go down basically and dig out part of the original concrete foundation that was laid back in the 60s. So it's a complete rebuilding, essentially, uh, of the main runway. And that, that is our only jet-capable runway here in Cork. Uh, and we're also availing the opportunity to upgrade all of the, the navigational lighting systems in place, some of which, again, date back from the 60s and 70s. So they're being replaced with old technology uh, halogen lights with new, obviously, uh, more environmentally friendly LED um, lighting systems. Plus, once all of that work is done in the early new year, we'll be building a whole new electrical substation offsite in one of our car parks um, to future-proof the investment that'll be out there. So it's a once-in-a-generation project. Um, so hopefully this new runway will serve the people of Cork, indeed the south of Ireland, for the next 15 to 20 years. Let's look at the history about that, because you mentioned, you know, going down to the foundations from the 1960s. The history of Cork Airport has a sort of little special twist to it as well, is that Cork people are very fond of it. I think, you know, I often, I often say to people, DAA, we're really the custodians of this little gem in Cork. I, I think it was described a few years ago um, by the Chamber of Commerce here in Cork as probably the most important strategic square mile in the county because without it you don't have foreign direct investment you don't have 30,000 people employed in FDE companies the likes of Apple with 6,000 employees here in Cork you don't have the the hub of pharma and biopharma and ICT companies that have been attracted to Cork over the decades Um, and it also is it's the main conduit obviously for inbound tourism Uh, and Cork is you know it's in that unique position where it's at the start of the wild Atlantic way uh, just 15 minutes down the road in Kinsale 
and if you go up the the west coast of County Cork and up the west coast of, of Kerry and up the west coast of Ireland, you're at least on the correct side of the road. So there's no traffic between you and the view. Equally, we were, we're at the start of Ireland's east and, you know, the, the rich built history um, that starts with Blarney Castle and obviously extends right up the eastern seaboard. So we're in that unique position as a gateway to two of Ireland's key touristic propositions that are being marketed by Tourism Ireland internationally. Um, so, you know, it does play a pivotal role as an economic enabler for FDI, uh, for tourism, and obviously for connecting Irish people and Corkonians all over the globe, wherever the diaspora is found these days. You've taken the, the risk, the calculated risk to close down completely for the operation. You've sent your passengers elsewhere. How are you going to get them back? Well, we obviously strategically decided to do it um, in an off-season time of the year um, when the schools had gone back uh, and we would have got whatever traffic we could over June, July, August and into September. Um, we'll build back. Um, obviously, our passenger numbers have been decimated throughout the pandemic. We would have gone from you know a height of 2.8 million in 2019, which had us at the fastest growing airport um, on the island of Ireland, not just in the Republic. And we'd enjoyed five you know, successive years of good growth, leading to 25% increase in passenger numbers. Uh, and we want to get back to those levels uh, again. So it was a calculated decision to say, OK, we will do it now so that we can rebuild back better and be ready for the bumper Christmas period. Bearing in mind, this Christmas probably will be the first Christmas in three where people can return home. Um, to visit uh, Kith and Kin to celebrate uh, the festivities in December and into the new year. Um, And on the strength of that decision, which had the backing of almost all of our airline customers, uh, we've already seen a number of them make very positive announcements in recent weeks that they're coming back bigger and stronger than they were um, prior to the pandemic. Can you name check a few of those airlines for us? Because uh, there are some names in there that people who are not in Cork might be surprised. Well, it was surprising, you know, KLM, for example, opened a brand new route to Amsterdam last August, you know, in the middle of the pandemic. Um, and again, they'd been code sharing with Aer Lingus for, for many, many years. Um, but obviously, uh, when Aer Lingus joined the IAG group, there was always going to be a, a date and time um, where, where that um, code share was going to come into question. So KLM do very well on the Cork Amsterdam leg and then obviously the onward connections to their other 170 destinations worldwide. Also, as part of the KLM Air France group, Air France have come in um, prior to the pandemic. And again, both airlines are looking to do double dailies out of Cork to Amsterdam and, and to Paris. Last week, we had Ryanair um, announced that they're going to re-establish their base here uh, at Cork Airport uh, for the winter. There'll be two aircraft based here uh, and 21 uh, routes announced, two of which are new uh, to Ryanair Um as a result of the demise of Stobart Air that were operating the Aer Lingus regional franchise. And obviously we're in discussions now with Emerald Airlines um, who are going to take up that Aer Lingus uh, franchise. Um, but equally, you know, it, with, a, with a fair wind behind us next year, we'll have 11 airlines operating scheduled services out of Cork. Uh, we came into the pandemic with nine. So we'll actually be a, a net two um, so people like Iberia Express operating to Madrid um, will be back. Um, we have two operating scheduled services to the traditional sun destinations for, for next summer. Um, so those, those airlines are coming back. And obviously, you know, a couple of years ago, we got our toes dipped in the transatlantic market with, the, with, with Norwegian, um, who, who 
I suppose belied the urban myth that was out there that the runway in Cork was too mm. short to get across the Atlantic um, and they proved uh, A, that what we've been saying to many airline customers and potential airline customers fears, there is a demand for transatlantic out of Cork um, and ideally we'd like to see a, a return to um, to to the US in the next couple of years, ideally to one of the New York uh, air, airports where we know from the the market research we've been doing and obviously we can see the connecting traffic that's mm. either going through Dublin our sister airport within the DEA group or connecting over Heathrow to come back over Ireland to go to the US or indeed connecting over Amsterdam or KLM or Paris with with, with, um, with Air France but airlines like Swiss um, operating to, to, to Zurich and given the prominence of Swiss pharmaceutical companies within the Greater Cork Harbour area but even seeing Swiss operating uh, seasonal service to Geneva for ski traffic is a sign, I think, that, you know, the new norm is is dawning uh, and some of those routes um, that are very welcome to see coming back for, for next winter and gives us confidence and has given the airline confidence, given the, the forward bookings they're now witnessing um, to put increased frequencies and capacity into the system for next year. The Airbus A320 Neo, for example, would be an excellent aircraft for, for Cork and the transatlantic. And this is where I think technology is helping airports like Cork, because um, one of the most frequently asked questions we've been asked is, are you extending the runway? And we said, no, we're not extending the runway at this moment in time, because we've only about 150 metres of land within our own boundaries uh, where we could possibly do um, a runway um, extension. But we'd have to go through a whole full planning process to do that. Plus, we'd be into the, the realms then of probably compulsory compulsory purchase orders to secure additional lands that would be required uh, on the approach um, so we haven't extended the runway for now but as you say aircraft technology is our friend in this regard and that a bit like new motor cars you know they're they're now going further on on, on less fuel uh, and obviously sustainability is on every board's agenda right now so we do believe that could be a game changer uh, and obviously we're watching closely those airlines that have those aircraft on their order books uh, and we won't be shy in putting our hands up to saying we'd love to see one or two of them um, here in Cork in the very near future. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. 
at Plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Historically, the importance of a Dublin-Cork air route used to, used to excite certain people, particularly politicians. Is that off the agenda now? I think most of the airlines we've spoken to, um, I mean, the advent of the Cork Dublin motorway um, was a game changer. Um, you, and you had kind of the perfect storm when that opened because we had just come out of the um, the haze of volcanic ash, that unwanted gift we all got from Iceland way back when. Then you had the advent of the Cork Dublin motorway, which has, I suppose, reduced journey time from the Dunkettle interchange to the Red Cow to about two and a quarter hours. Uh, and you also have a daily rail service now between Cork and Dublin um, and plans to speed up the line there um, in due course. So um, all of those and any airlines we've spoken to since um, Ryanair and Air Aran before them came off the route um, have said, look, you're telling us it's a 25 minute flight. It's very hard for airlines to make money um, economically because even though it's a short sector, mm. um, the fares that it would have to command to be economically viable uh, and profitable for, for an airline to be attracted. Um, just, I don't think, any of the, the market research um, that we've done. There, there's a niche market there for it, but I don't think it's sufficient um, for for mainstream airline to, to consider um, going forward. And also, of course, there's an environmental factor. And I suppose that's my next question for you, is that, that uh, the environment and being an eco-friendly airport must be very much on your agenda. It is, and it's right across the, the DEA group, um, sustainability, as I say, it's on the agenda of, of every board meeting, uh, of a, a, every executive meeting we have these days. Um, we produced our own um, sustainability plan last year, um, and it's early days. We have a, lo- a lot of, you know, um, big audacious goals to get through over, over the, the next while. Um, has indeed the whole sector, the whole aviation industry worldwide, that the climate crisis is real. We all, I think most people realise that, even though some tend to deny it. Um, So sustainability is going to be uh, absolutely uh, front and foremost in our thoughts and in our planning processes and in our decision-making going forward. So, um, you know, we were very early adopters of the Airport Council International Carbon Carbon Accreditation Scheme. We're working our way through those layers. Um, We obviously wanted to be a carbon-neutral uh, airports uh, here in Cork, as indeed uh, to match what Dublin has already achieved. So we're on that journey, um, and it's something we are investing significantly in. In fact, we've only in the last six months appointed our first head of sustainability uh, here at Cork Airport, and we have a new head of sustainability joining the group uh, in the next week. So it is getting the focus and the resources that it, it demands. And Kevin, for the general aviation pilot, how easy or otherwise is it to arrive into Cork? GA is very welcome in Cork and, you know, I think we've seen Western Aviation going from strength to strength in recent years. You know, there are some organisations and individuals that have their own private aircraft that are essentially based here for large portions of the year. Uh, So we're we're obviously very uh, able and capable uh, of accommodating them. And unlike other, you know, bigger airports uh, here on the island or indeed in in the continent, you know, we're not slot constrained. So um, obviously we're going to be getting busier, um, but we've never turned away uh, a GA aircraft yet. So, um, you know, it's it's a peripheral part of our business, 
Um, but it's part of their, our business. We work very, very hard with our with our ground handling partners and, and people like Weston to accommodate uh, as best we can at all times. The size of Cork in comparison to Dublin, I'm guessing that there's still a chance for this place to have a family atmosphere. Do you all know each other? I think it has a it has a big village feel to it, uh, and that's the beauty of of working here. I mean, um, we we joke that we had our terminal two before Dublin, uh, because when we opened the new terminal in Cork in 2006, we we had joint operations from the old terminal for a number of weeks. But it does have that big village feel that people, you know, recognise um, because there's a plethora of people, even though there's only, you know, about 189 people working for DAA at Cork Airport, there's over 1,800 people with, with a, an airport uh, accreditation badge. So there's a plethora of people working for Aer Lingus, for, for the ground handlers, um, Swissport, you know, for the, the, the catering companies, the fuelers car hire companies, food and beverage concessionaires. So it does have that big village feel, um, which is great because there was a, an advertising line from the 70s which said Cork Airport, small airport, big heart. Uh, and when we did a bit of a rebrand of the airport a few years ago, we went back to using the heart as part of the logo because it still resonated with staff uh, and retirees and even young people that have joined you know, the airport community in recent years. It, they recall and they recount naturally that it has that kind of, you know, a warmth, um, which our passengers also enjoy because. So since we opened the new terminal in 2006, we've constantly um, exceeded 90 percent satisfaction levels from our passengers. And we thought initially in the first year, this is a halo effect. We've moved from an old terminal that was very cramped, had a nominal capacity of 1.8 million people. And we were squeezing, you know, nearly three million through it. And then we went to this, you know, very spacious, ultra-modern, state-of-the-art facility, which is the new terminal here in Cork Airport. Um, but ever since, you know, since 2006, right up to 2019, uh, 9 out of 10 of our passengers give us a 9 out of 10 score for, for customer service. So um, we like, you know, we really value that. Um, and I think that's why people appreciate when they travel through Cork. We do go that extra mile and go through that proverbial extra smile to make sure people have a very enjoyable start and end to their journey. And for a lot of pilots, it's also been where they've learned to fly. Indeed, you know, the the Atlantic Flight Training Academy here in Cork has gone from strength to strength. Um, they're still availing of the short cross runway at the moment um, for a short early par- part of the day to get some aircraft up into the sky and get pilots out. But it's great to see, you know, pilots now being trained for the likes of Turkish Airlines and Ryanair out of Cork. Um, so for, for commercial uh, airports, you know, we, we have a lot of non-commercial flights coming in, a lot of touch and goes. Uh, on a regular basis uh, and obviously during the pandemic um, they, they more or less had the free reign of the airport because there were so few commercial flights operating that uh, after we're able to, to come in and out and, and use the facilities so um, it's great to see those clusters of businesses building up over time uh, and to see how their products have developed developed and extended over over the last number of years as well with uh, a number of uh, significant investments by by their company uh, on the periphery of Cork Airport. It's interesting that over the COVID period, of course, airports have been passenger only, your boarding card to enter the building. And I suppose for a lot of people, the fun of going to an airport, uh, a part of a day out even, is, is long gone. Do you think that'll come back? I think it will. And even during the pandemic, you know, while we had very few as I say, scheduled services, uh, we were still quite busy in terms of movements. We still had a lot of um, medvac, um, 
movements coming in. Um, we're very close, obviously, to Cork University Hospital, so regularly we would have um, organ transplants being transported through the airport at very short notice. Uh, obviously vital to get them to, to the recipients uh, of those organs as quickly as possible. Um, Coast Guard, Garda helicopter, Air Corps, aircraft in and out uh, a few cargo flights obviously at the start when obviously Ireland was very dependent on getting PPE and uh, to, to health workers on the front line so it has still been a busy airport but I suppose people and particularly those in the the, the, the plane watching community and fraternity they've been seeing a lot of different aircraft moving in and out um, there's you know a geological survey is being done off the, the south coast at the moment uh, and on land. So there's a lots of different aircraft coming in and out um, that possibly wouldn't have been noticed as much when you have, you know, your normal uh, scheduled movements every day, you know, 60 flights uh, operating in and out of Cork Airport ordinarily. Um, so we've had a different focus uh, over the time. Uh, but I think that that grow that people have for flying uh, and the joy of flying, I think we'll go through a renaissance again. I think people have, have missed it. I think we'll all be taking uh, very careful notice of the first flight safety announcements we hear on board an aircraft when we get back in the sky. Nobody again. pays attention to it, yeah. yeah. Um, so I do think there, there, there'll be a bit of, you know, a mm. bit of nostalgia coming mm. back. Mm. Then finally, I suppose we should mention uh, the airport runway. Once it's complete, I presume there'll be testing and everything will have to take in place. And then movements start back again. What are you looking forward to? I think we're looking forward to the, you know, our first wave on the 22nd November. We'll obviously have those proving flights done in the, the week um, prior to the 22nd of November on both runways because um, while we're obviously rebuilding the main runway, you know, some of the intersections and the taxiways have been impacted as well. So I think, you know, um, seeing the flight information screens lit up again in the terminal, um, seeing passengers queuing uh, for check-in, um, seeing just that buzz around the, the terminal building once again. I think that's what we're all um, looking forward to. We, we, we've felt a little bit of that during July and into August um, when people um, started taking breaks again. Um, but again, I think what people realise now is that airports aren't just for that annual holiday or that that. that city break away to somewhere in continental Europe we fundamentally connect people um, with other people and places um, and you know there's so many people who have sons and daughters and relatives around the globe that they haven't seen except through a dreaded zoom call or, or over a facebook call so I think people are looking forward to reconnecting again and you know that's what we do that's how the business we're in I uh, say we're also a key economic enabler for the south of Ireland in terms of employment and, and investment. But again, coming into Christmas, there's nothing like watching the embraces of loved ones on the arrivals concourse here in Cork Airport. And we're looking forward to seeing that again this year. To get the news first, subscribe now to Squawk 7000 on your favourite podcast platform. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.